Hey, I'm Kate Otten, tight end at the University of Washington, and you're listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is episode 102 of the podcast. Uh, still a little insane to me that we are in uh, triple digits for the show here. Uh, sadly, nobody else but me, just your boy, Charles Hamaker, is here. Um, big week in Seattle sports. Uh, Seahawks taking over week two. Uh, the Mariners still very much in the playoff hunt here late in the middle of September. Uh, the Sounders going to the regular season uh, with the League's Cup semifinal this past week and the regular season MLS match. Um, the Storm, uh, their final regular season game of the week, of the year, uh, in the past week. Uh, the Rain uh, going had an off week this week. The Kraken are gearing up for preseason here their first season ever as a franchise, uh, and so much more going on. So let us dive right into it here, starting off with the Seattle Seahawks. As per usual, uh, the game recap for Week 2 versus the Titans, the team would lose 33-30 to in overtime. The Seahawks suffer their first loss of the year. Um, they do it in overtime uh, at home against Tennessee. Uh, difficult to – I almost said difficult to see after I said Tennessee. Not what I wanted to do there, um, but – not exactly the desired outcome, especially, you know, considering that was the first game, the first meaningful game uh, in front of fans at Lumen Field, you know, and since 2019. Um, so it, it, it was look, it seemed like it was good energy throughout the day, you know, to have fans back in and um, to really just, you know, get everybody back. Um, but really was disappointing to have that game blown. You know, you go into half with the 24 to nine lead. You, you hope that you just hold on to that, add more to it and um, put the game away. Tennessee is a good team though. They will be a good team down the stretch. I know they had a big blow, a loss against the Cardinals in week one, but this is a, a good ball club that will more than likely just get better uh, down the stretch. This is only week two. So, you know, difficult uh and frustrating but it, there there are some things that are obvious that need to be cleaned up and you know i'm not entirely worried it is week two um going into stat leaders russell wilson completed 22 of his 31 attempts for 343 yards two touchdowns and a 128.8 quarterback rating on the ground chris carson led with 13 carries on only 31 yards and two tds so you can see the ground game was lacking there uh, Receiving-wise, Tyler Lockett had uh, a better game than last week, which is saying something. He had eight receptions, 178 yards, and one TD. Tackle-wise, uh, Bobby Wagner led the team with 20 total tackles, 16 solo, one sack, and one tackle for loss. 20 tackles is Bobby Wagner's career high, as well as a franchise record for the Seahawks. So big ups to Bobby. Uh, it's incredible to see a Hall of Famer at work um, and continue to perform and uh, do what he does best, which is go out there, be a tackle machine, be a leader. Uh, Turnover-wise, Seahawks were only able to force one turnover, a strip sack of uh, quarterback Ryan Tannehill, and Kerry Hyder Jr. would recover that fumble there. Um, some thoughts, as I kind of mentioned. The offense cooled off in the second half. They were outscored 24-6 to in the second half, uh, and over time, they punted, you know, I always like to compare things, see what might have gone wrong. Um, the offense punted four times, you know, half as since the break, uh, since halftime in that game, 
and they only had one scoring drive after halftime. So obviously not very efficient, not really adding to that lead, not building to it, not adding some insurance points. And that is uh, not ideal, especially for a team that um, kind of, I mean, it's, you, this is something that you don't want to do. You don't want to give up leads. You want to keep the foot on the gas. That is something that had been talked about, you know, by Russell Wilson that has been talked about, you know, by fans of this team, they want to keep the foot on the gas and not have to worry about playing into the fourth quarter. Want to be able to get things done sooner rather than later and put the teams away. Uh, the defense, you know, in me talking about the offense and wanting to put stuff away, the defense is not exactly off the hook either. Um, defense was not able to make the Titans one dimensional. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had 347 passing yards. He did not have a touchdown or an interception through the air, but he had 180, uh, he had 347 yards passing, which is still a lot. Um, and Derek Henry had 182 yards rushing. So, 35 carries for Henry, 182 yards, not ideal. You want to, when you play the Titans, you want to be able to minimize the offense by making them one dimensional if possible. They have AJ Brown and Julio Jones on the offensive side of the ball in the attacking, the, the air game, but on the ground, obviously Derrick Henry, more than likely the best running back in football at the current moment. Um, so if you can really, key in on one of those and take one away it would be huge especially considering that you know at least in the passing game left tackle taylor lawan for the titans uh, missed this game due to injury he was not able to go through pregame warm-ups and had to sit out that game so you know a line that had been banged up and been banged up the week before against arizona you're not able to take advantage of that and really not able to capitalize on something like that and you need to be able to do that you know especially against these good teams um so and then getting in their own way, the Seahawks really shot themselves in the foot um, in terms of penalties. They were penalized 10 times for 100 yards. That is not ideal. And you got to be better than that if you want to be a championship football team. You got to be more disciplined. You got to be able to, you know, not get in your own way. Uh, the Seahawks did that. They did that in both punting four times compared to one scoring drive uh, after halftime and being penalized 10 times for 100 yards. You got to be better than that, simply. Uh, it is week two, so you can, you know, uh, get better about these things. Um, as uh, you know, it's a two, the second game of the year in a seventeen-game season, so things can be adjusted. But you know, it's it's uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to blow that lead in front of the fans. It's frustrating to just blow any lead in general um, for a football team that's got so much riding on it. It feels like this year, you know, with having recently extended Jamal Adams. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, the offseason that was had, having all this talent on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, and you just piss it away. So uh, speaking of offensive and defensive, the offensive and defensive MVPs for this game. On offense, I had Tyler Lockett, his eight receptions, 178 yards and one touchdown, top his performance from last week, where he had four receptions, 100 yards and two TDs. Uh, Bennett had quarterback Russell Wilson, and Omari also had Tyler Lockett. So uh, kind of staying through the air there, difficult to it's it's funny to think uh that you know a Pete Carroll coach team, you know, these these Seahawks did not have a very effective rusher this game, especially in a game featuring two running backs like Chris Carson and Derrick Henry. Um on the defensive side of the ball, it was a clean sweep. Everybody from me, Bennett and Omari all had Bobby Wagner. Um so big ups to Bobby there. Um as I mentioned, 
great to have a Hall of Famer at work on your team. Um, but yeah, just 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 a frustrating loss. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna you know sit and moan about it like it's the end of the world. Just just frustrating. Really, it's just frustrating. Um, in terms of injury news, the segment that I never want to really talk about. Uh, September 15th, center Ethan Pochich was placed on IR. He left week one with a knee sprain, and backup Kyle Fuller has been filling in for him ever since that. Um, Pochich was dealing with a hamstring injury in training camp and through the preseason. Um, so kind of uh, it's, it's, it's been difficult for Pochich earlier especially considering that I, at this point, I would consider him to be the weak link on the offensive line right now, especially considering that he's not able to stay healthy for the uh, time being. So um, not good, not good for postage there. You need this offensive line to be uh, healthy and successful in keeping Russell Wilson off the ground. This was a game that Russell was pressured way more than it was against the Colts, um, which, you know, frustrating. I know that, Damian Lewis uh, is kind of banged up heading into the week here, but he did not allow a single pressure. Neither did Wayne Brown. Everybody else on the offensive line did. Um, so frustrating there, frustrating performance. Um, but to get back to postage, uh, interesting to see what happens with him. Because as I mentioned, you know, in the offseason, he was a guy that I considered the weak link. And I was looking to see if Seattle was going to add another center Um to you know be competition or to be the starter and that did not happen uh pre-game inactives for the titans uh defensive tackle brian monet was listed inactive he had a chest injury um that had aggravated against the colts and they wanted to hold him out against the titans wide receiver d eskridge still dealing with that concussion running back rashad penny still dealing with that calf injury quarterback jake luton uh, quarterback Jake Luton, cornerback John Reed, and offensive tackle Stone Forsyth were all inactive for that game against the Titans. Post-game injuries, there were two injuries that were really the notable ones, and it seems like at the current moment uh, they were the only ones that needed to be commented on. Uh, right tackle Brandon Shell suffered a sprained ankle on the last drive of regulation. Uh, there was no idea on the severity of the sprain currently. And then the other one was wide receiver DK Metcalf, was a little sore after the game against the Titans. And after the game, Pete Carroll said that he's not sure what exactly it is. Uh, today on Monday, it was said that uh, it wasn't anything serious and DK was not listed on the injury report for the day. So hopefully that's nothing. Hopefully just, you know, maybe minor tweak of something. But um, yeah, two, two guys that are pretty important um, for the Seahawks on the offensive side of the ball. Um, in terms of league news, the NFL Players Association recommended Josh Gordon for reinstatement by the league. Uh, I, I mentioned that because obviously Gordon has spent a couple of stints with Seattle. So uh, just wondering if we will see uh, Mr. Gordon with Seattle again, uh, what that might happen. And hopefully, uh, hopefully Josh Gordon can get some justice from this league. Obviously, if you have listened to the show, or you know Josh Gordon's story, it's been frustrating to see these sort of uh, ups and downs that he's had to deal with, um, you know, just with suspension and uh, at least with me, the comparison of the suspension to other things and other things that players in this league have been suspended for and the lengths of those suspensions. So uh, hoping that 
Josh Gordon can uh, maybe have a successful end. I I'd think that we'd be kind of getting towards the end of the career here. Uh, he's been around for a decent bit of time. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully uh, Josh Gordon can get some justice and have some good games uh, this year. Looking ahead for the Seahawks in week three, they will take on the Minnesota Vikings on September 26 on the road with a 1.25 p.m. start time. Uh, hoping to get back on a win. Uh, the team sits at one and one right now. They are last in the NFC West currently with all other division teams winning this past Sunday. Um, it's going to be another difficult division. It really will be. Um, so, you know, this Minnesota team has given the Seahawks difficulty throughout the years in the past in you know, recent memory, at least. Um, so it'll be, Interesting to see how this game goes. It is the first time that the Seahawks will be playing uh, the Vikings in their new stadium on, in the regular season. So uh, interested to see how that goes. And it's a big, important game, week three. You know, it's important to win all these games, especially with the division the way that it is. Um, transitioning over to the Mariners here, uh, they played Boston in a three-game stretch. They played the Royals in a three-game stretch and had one game, their first game of the series against Oakland this past week. September 14th versus the Red Sox in the second game of that series, they would lose eight to four after giving up several runs in the eighth inning after holding it within one run. Uh, player of the game would be right fielder Mitch Hanager with two hits, one run and one RBI. Uh, you know, as I've talked about repeatedly, you know, on the show here in recent weeks, every game is important as we get down the stretch here towards the wild card hunt and towards the end of the regular season and playing Boston is even more incredibly important simply because of the fact that they are, uh, holding one of those wild card spots. So um, you don't want to lose any of those games and it's too late now. He already lost uh, one of those games on the 14th and then the 15th versus the Red Sox, they would lose nine to four in 10 innings. So they bring it into extras uh, and then they, they lose it there on uh, 10 innings. I uh, played the game would be center fielder, Jared Kelnick with two hits and two runs. As I said, you know, ideally the, the best, one of the better case scenarios would be winning the series against the Red Sox. And you didn't even win the series. You took one game. So uh, difficult and frustrating for that result there. Um, heading over to the Royals series, they go on the road and they take on the Royals September 17th at the KC Royals. They would win six to two play. Of the game would be center fielder, Jared Kelnick with two hits, two runs and four RBIs. Jared hits two homers in that game and really sort of uh, continues to add to a September, an impressive month after, you know, kind of sitting around uh, a 150 average and having some displeasure voiced about him. Uh, in the second game of the series on September 18th, the team would lose that game eight to one. So frustrating fashion, um, difficult to lose, you know, you kind of need to win every single game down the stretch as we continue Uh through the end of the season here uh, and to lose that game eight to one is even more frustrating. Uh, just kind of an embarrassing loss there. Not one that wanted to be taken. Uh, player of the game would be first baseman Ty France with two hits and one run to, excuse me, wrap up the series. The team would beat the Royals. Um, I don't know why I didn't put in that score. Pardon me for that. I have to go and get that. Uh, the team would beat the Royals and get a serious win, series win against KC. Uh, had some trouble against KC earlier this year at home. Uh, so good to get a series win uh, here on the road. 
both of those series meant a lot and it was good just win this one you don't want to mess around um they would win that game seven to one player of the game would be center fielder jared kelnick with three hits two runs and three rbis so again jared continuing to add to his impressive september uh september 20th at the athletics the team would win the first of a four-game stretch against the athletics uh four to two player of the game would be center fielder no third baseman kyle seager Kyle Seager is not a center fielder. Apologies. Uh, third baseman Kyle Seager with three hits and three RBIs. Uh, the team gets an important win there to gain some ground. Um, so now they will, they jump. Oh no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Pardon me. Um, it's very, the team plays Oakland and the angels here down the stretch um, in these last few games yeah they play oakland on the road uh for uh, a four game stretch the angels on the road for a three game stretch and then they play oakland at home on three game stretch and the angels at home on a three game stretch so it's all division here and it's all important oakland's ahead of you in the division right now and still ahead of you um in the wild card now after those losses against boston um the Mariners are three games out of the wild card they are behind uh Toronto is a spot they're looking for that second spot. They're behind the Yankees who are 0.5 games out and the athletics who are two games out. So this series against Oakland is tremendously impactful and tremendously important for the Mariners. Um, So to get into player of the week, uh, I had center fielder Jared Kelnick in six games played and 20 at bats. He had five hits, five runs, three homers, six RBIs, 14 total bases, three walks, one stolen base, a 250 average, a 348 on base percentage, a 700 flat slugging percentage. So that brings it to a 1.048 on base plus slugging. Uh, The Mariners sit at 81 and 69 for their record. 81 wins for the Mariners. Think about that. That makes me smile. Um, They are third in the AL West still, and they still sit behind Oakland, uh, but that can change at the end of this series. Obviously have to get there first. Um, and as I mentioned, they are behind uh, both the Yankees and the Athletics for that spot, Toronto spot in the wild card. Uh, no injury news to go over, thankfully. Uh, but in terms of team news, on September 14th, outfielder Jake Fraley was reinstated from the 10-day injury list. Uh, and in a corresponding move, infielder slash outfielder Jose Marmaleos was designated for assignment. September 16th, it was officially announced that the 2021 Three All-Star Game and All-Star Week will be hosted in Seattle. The Midsummer Classic returns to Seattle and the Emerald City for the third time ever. Um, so with that being said, you know, the news that we kind of knew, and I believe I broke it a little bit uh, on the last episode, um, the MLB All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby, the MLB All-Star Futures Game, and the Celebrity Softball Game will all take place here in seattle at t-mobile park so exciting to look at obviously that's two game two years down the uh in the future but that is still exciting to think about and uh, in the press conference for that um there were some things said john stanton was talking about uh how they plan to spend some money to improve facilities around here so that is interesting to hear um it will be it will be something to see to see what changes between now um, you know, in terms of the stadium itself and the actual Mariners ball club as a team, what changes uh, between this year, 2021 
2023 to, to see where the Mariners are at then uh, as a franchise and as a ball club. Um, but continuing, September 17th, infielder slash outfielder Jose Marmaleos was outrighted to AAA Tacoma after being designated for assignment. So Jose still stays with the ball club. Uh, he heads down to AAA Tacoma. Kind of difficult. You know, you don't want to see the DFA, um, but it is a business after all. Uh, but Jose does get to stay, and he is with the Rainiers at the current moment. In other notes and around the league news, Major League Baseball will be requiring non-players to be vaccinated. The league will require all non-playing personnel to have the COVID-19 vaccine in order to access the field this upcoming playoffs. So that is a big deal. Obviously, if you're you know, a manager or a coach uh, or some other personnel that needs to be with the team and you're not an actual player, um, you need to be able to access the field as per normal. So, you know, it is important that anybody that is not currently vaccinated, you know, in that group of player uh, teams that is in the playoff hunt, uh, that they go and get their shot and get things taken care of. Um, I know that there is one manager. Uh, it, it was said that there was one manager of the contenders that is still not vaccinated. So that is an important decision that that manager has to make to say, hey, I'm going to do what I need to do. And do what's right and get that taken care of and not have to worry about anything for the playoffs, or I can be an idiot and have to worry about something like that. So interesting to see. Um, it's always interesting for me to look at these things and see who makes what decisions. I know that uh, one of the personnel members uh, in the front office for the Washington nationals um, resigned after it was told that he was going to need to be vaccinated I mean, what is what a stupid thing to lose your job over something that's just such a should be just an easy decision. But yeah, pretty uh, to me, that's pretty laughable. Um, so looking ahead for the Mariners, as I mentioned, the team finishes out the four game series against the Athletics, um, the 20th through the 23rd. They will play the Athletics for four games on the road. Uh, big, important games, big, meaningful games. And it's funny, I say that big, meaningful games, you know, Oakland's looking for a playoff spot. We're looking for a playoff spot and the attendance for tonight's game against Oakland was just slightly above 4,000. Think about that 4,000 for a team that's in the wild card hunt. You know, they're only three games back two two games back second in the division. Terrible, terrible. Um, um, and then after that, uh, the Mariners take on the Angels uh, on the road down in Anaheim from the 24th through the 26th. So those are still important games. The Angels are going to be looking to play spoiler. They still have Shohei Otani, who could you know, more than likely be the MVP of the American League. Uh, Jared Walsh, David Fletcher, uh, there are still you know, important games to be played, and no doubt that the Angels will look to do that play some play some spoiler hopefully that they can play spoiler but hopefully it doesn't result in any losses for us um going into Hom seattle here Hom's has your back in the loving big brother kind of way our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time uh big shout out to race porter he had some great punts in the huskies win over arkansas state um if you don't know race is both the founder of Hom Seattle as well as UW's punter. Um, so big ups to race there. 
Um, go check it out. It's H O M S S E A T T L E dot com. Home Seattle. Go check them out. Um, heading into Sounders here, they played two games this past week. One a League's Cup semifinal, and the other being a MLS regular season game. Um, the first would be on September fourteenth versus Santos Laguna. They would win that game one to nothing. Player of the game would be Raul Ruiz Diaz, scoring the ninety third minute winning goal off of the assist from newly acquired Leo Chu. The Founders advanced to the League's Cup final after this win, uh, putting up a tough game against uh, Santos Laguna. Uh, September eighteenth at Real Salt Lake, the team would lose one to nothing. Uh, player of the game would be Freddie Montero with two shots, one on target, eighty three point three pass percentage. Uh, tough to give out players of the game when you don't put up a goal. Um, the Sounders have not beaten Real Salt Lake in their home building, you know, in Real Salt Lake since 2011. That is, you know, frustrating and interesting to hear just because of the success that this franchise has seen, um, you know, since becoming the Sounders again in the MLS. Um, you know, in this game, they never look like themselves, really. Uh, some players... Major players did not play in this game. Obviously, Nico. Oh, I don't say obviously. Uh, Nico Ladero was out this game. Uh, Jao Paulo did not play in this game. So some important players not playing in this game. Uh, as the team looks forward to the League's Cup final, uh, they were outshot 21 to 6. So uh, Real Salt Lake really just took it to Seattle, and they, they come home with a 1-0 win and take home three points. So uh, team notes, the reason I mentioned Nico Ladero and I kind of spoiled it. Um, Nico Ladero underwent successful surgery to clean up his knee. Uh, he had right knee orthoscopy to take place. Uh, no, it took place after Ladero re-aggravated an injury that he had previously suffered um, in the year. He suffered that re-aggravation in training this past week. Head coach Brian Schmetzer said that he will return again this season. He is just not sure when exactly that will be. So uh, it, it's been frustrating. Nico's been uh, out for a good amount of the year uh, due to injury. Um, so he hasn't really been able to stay. He hasn't been a big factor this season. Um, it's been frustrating not to have your captain, uh, but, you know, it's good for him to you know, have that cleaned up, take care of the knee, um, and look forward to seeing Nico down the stretch uh, and hopefully helping him get in the groove later on. You know, just need to take care of health and stay healthy there. Uh, the team sits at 13 wins, six draws, and four losses. They're number two in the Western Conference and third in the MLS in points with 45. They sit behind Sporting Kansas City in the Western Conference, and they sit behind the Revs. Uh, in New England and KC in terms of most points in the MLS. Uh, looking ahead for your Sounders, they take on Lyon on September 22nd, 22nd on the in the League's Cup Final with a 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN2. The League's Cup Final is at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, home of the Las Vegas Raiders. September 26th in the second game of the week for your Sounders. They will play at Sporting Kansas City uh, at 4 p.m., uh in kc that is a big game uh simply because you know as i mentioned kc is ahead of them in the western conference and um they're only one point ahead of the sounders at the current time so you know a win a win does both bringing you ahead in the western conference and putting you ahead in points um heading into the storm here in their past week 
the Storm took on the Phoenix Mercury on September 17th in the final game of the regular season. They would win that game 94 to 85. They hold up a late, they hold off a late push against the Mercury. Uh, player of the game would be guard Jewel Lloyd with 37 points, one rebound, four assists, two steals, and a plus five, uh, plus minus rating. Jewel would score 22 points in the first quarter, which is tied for the most ever scored in a quarter in WNBA history. Jewel is the third player to do so. Um, and 37 points is the most points scored in a game by a player this year in the WNBA. So props to Jewel there. Um, leading the team in a big win against the Mercury, a team with Brittany Griner, uh, who is a more than likely an MVP candidate. Um and a tough Mercury team that will be somebody to look out for in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, with that said, and with me mentioning playoffs, the Mercury, uh, you know, the loss, no, the win against the Mercury, apologies, uh, locks up the four seed for Seattle and a first round bye. Uh, they will play the highest ranked seed uh, of the four teams playing on this upcoming Thursday on September 26th. So to get back to it, uh, to get to my team, which I kind of got ahead of myself. With the Minnesota Lynx winning on Sunday, this past Sunday, the Storm clinched the four seed. If they had lost, if the Lynx had lost, the Storm would get the three seed. Uh, but they, the Lynx did not lose. And so the Storm get the four seed. Uh, they will play the highest seed of the first round winners between uh, the Liberty playing the Mercury and the Dallas Wings playing the Chicago Sky. So... The Dallas Wings play the Chicago Sky at 5 p.m. on Thursday. And the New York Liberty play the Phoenix Mercury at 7 p.m. on Thursday. So the highest seed between those uh, two games, whoever wins, you know, those. the highest seed is who the Storm will be playing in a one-off playoff game, a winner-take-home, winner ta- uh, no, a winner-go-home game, a win-or-go-home game. Um, which is interesting that the, the WNBA playoffs are interesting. Um, and I will mention the other reason why for that here in a second, but more than likely uh, it'll be either the, it'll, it's highly doubtful that the, so that there's no way that the storm will play the Liberty um, in the second round here. They could play them in the semifinals, but you know, that's to be decided later. Um, so they'll more than likely be playing, um, yeah, so they're playing the Mercury or the Sky. It's, you know, so, um, there's a slim chance that they could play, um, Dallas, but so more than likely you're looking at the Mercury, the Sky, um, two teams that, you know, they've played several times this year. Uh, both teams that have given them trouble this year, you know, the sky with Candace Parker, diamond to shields um, and the Mercury with Brittany Griner and Deanna Taurasi. Deanna Taurasi did not play in that last regular season game on the 17th against the storm. So that is impactful. Um, the storm finished out their regular season with a 21 and 11 record uh, third in the West fourth in the league. As I mentioned, they clinched the first round by they take the four seed and will play on September 26th. This is a winner go home game. Uh, if the storm advance, they advance to the semifinals, which are a best of five series. They play this game at home in Everett. I know the tickets are on sale as low as $48. So if you are in the area or if you're able to go on the 26th, I know that's a big day in Seattle sports. Um, 
if you're able to go, please go out and support the storm. Um, heading into Maestro Athletics, uh, Maestro just finished up their pre-order of their Seahawks shorts. Um, those sold pretty well. Um, so uh, at the current moment, I don't believe there's anything else new that's coming out. So if you've got the chance, I would go check them out as well. It's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S, Maestro Athletics. Go and check Anthony and the guys out there. Uh, in terms of the Seattle Kraken, uh, the organization sent out Kraken sweaters to various Seattle athletes, including DK Metcalf, Bobby Wagner, Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, Quandre Diggs, Stephen Fry, and Tyler Ott. Those are just the players that were pictured uh, and posted by the team's social medias. So, you know, with the jersey launch happening on the 15th, uh, the Kraken are uh, getting most of the other teams in the city involved and really uh, building some more hype. Um, as if there wasn't enough of that already uh, for the hockey team here. Looking ahead, um, dang it, my thing won't tab. Uh, looking ahead, the inaugural training camp begins September 23rd at the Kraken Iceplex in Northgate. And September 26th versus the Vancouver Canucks, the Kraken play their very first preseason game. Would you believe that? This Sunday, they're playing their very first game as an organization. It's not a regular season game. There's no, you know, I won't say there's no meaning behind it because, you know, technically this is the first game in their organization history. Uh, but it's exciting. It's exciting. And it's against Vancouver. Um, so pretty exciting to see that. Uh, it's something to pay attention to, at least just to see, you know, who makes some splashes uh, as the first players. Uh, heading into the rain here, the rain did not have a match this past season, this past week. Uh, they had a week off of sorts after a brutal travel schedule and they have the international break. Um, so they still sit at 10 wins, two draws and seven losses. They are still second in the league uh, with the 35 points uh, in league news. Uh, this is not exactly NWSL news, but it is women's soccer news and it is important. Uh, United States soccer announced a salary proposal with the goal of uniting both national teams under a single collective bargaining agreement, uh, the U.S. Women's National Team criticized this recent salary proposal, calling it a PR stunt. Looking ahead, uh, September 26th, the Reign play the Orlando Pride at home at 4 p.m. kickoff. Uh, if you are not able to attend the match, it will be uh, broadcast on Twitch. Um, if you are in the area and you have the time this Sunday on the 26th, Please come out and support your rain as well. I know it's difficult. You know, you've got the storm playing on the 26th. Uh, I believe it's uh, a noon start time, I believe. Uh, noon or one. Um, so that's an important game. And then the rain, you know, you start later. So you could go to both. You could definitely go to both. Uh, it would just be, you know, you'd travel from Everett and go down to uh, go down to Tacoma. So that would be a trek. But hey, if you want to support women's sports and you want to do that, uh, no better way to do that than go to both of those games there and support those women. Um, but yes, very cool to see uh, and good to see the rain get back into action here. Uh, second place in the league. Uh, that's very big. Uh, hoping to add to that and maybe climb to the top of the table there and overtake Portland. That would take some extra help from outside teams beating Portland, um, but it is possible. Uh, hanging into UW Athletics, uh, the football team played Arkansas State at home in front of 
Husky faithful and they would win that game. Yay, they won a game. They are one and two. Uh, they would win that game 52 to three. Uh, passing leaders, no, stat leaders, um, at least in passing. Uh, Dylan Morris led. He completed 23 of his 39 attempts for 385 yards and three touchdowns. Um, rushing Richard Newton had 10 attempts for 55 yards and a touchdown. Receiving Jalen McMillan had 10 receptions for 175 yards and one touchdown. Tackles Brendan Radley Hiles had nine tackles, uh, seven solo, two assists, two tackles for loss, and one sack. Turnovers. We have a crowded turnover field here. Uh, Julius Irvin had an interception. Carson Bruner had a forced fumble. Fatui Tatulale had a forced fumble. Brennan Radley Hiles had a fumble recovery. And Braylon Trice had a fumble recovery and a touchdown. Um, so the Huskies get to one and two. They're tied for last in the Pac 12. They are still unranked, obviously. Um, and looking ahead for the Huskies, uh, September 25th, they will play Cal at home with a 6 30 p.m. kickoff. Um, oh, wait. Is that correct? 6 30 p.m. kickoff. I'm 90% sure. I thought that move. Nope, 6 30 p.m. kickoff. Um, no basketball, no, uh, no basketball, no baseball, no softball. Soccer, though, men's regular season, uh, September 16th at Utah Valley. The team would win two to two to one. Uh, player of the game would be split between Ryan Saylor and Gabe Threadgold. Both scored one goal on one shot. So being very efficient there for the men's soccer team. They advanced to five and oh, no, pardon me. Since it's Monday and this game took place, I can, um, I will throw this in here because I do have it and it is Monday and it took place. The men's soccer team played Seattle U uh, for the WAC 101 Club Cup. Um, they would win that game two to one. Let me get over here first. Do, 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 do. They would win that game two to one uh, tonight uh, at the seven o'clock start time. Uh, player of the game would be split between Kendall Burks and Nick Scardina. Uh, both scored goals. Nick Scardina would score the winning goal in the 98th minute. Um, there were several yellow cards in this game. Uh, I see my buddy Charlie Ostrom got a yellow card in the 18th minute. Um, but wow, in overtime, UW had four shots and CLU had none. Um, so UW advances to six and zero. Oh. They are third in the national. They are ranked third nationally. They are third in the Pac-12 just because they haven't played as many Pac-12 games as other teams in the in the conference to this point. Um, their upcoming game uh, is September 24th at Portland on a 7 p.m. kickoff time. The women's soccer team on September 2nd, at September 16th played Seattle U uh, in the WAC 101 Club Cup. It is the first time that they are playing in that uh, cup. They're playing for that cup. Uh, the men's team has been playing for that cup, but it's the first time that the women's team has been playing for that cup. They would win that game one to nothing off of Helena Reschling's uh, 105th-minute goal. I was actually there for that game. That was incredible. Uh, it was a tough game throughout. Uh, the Huskies, um, the Huskies had the attacking advantage in this game. They put more way more pressure uh, offensively on Seattle U than Seattle U did to them. Uh, Olivia Sakani did not have as busy of a night um, as she has in previous games, uh, which is good. You know, you kind of want to keep things away from your goal. Like, well, 
I don't know. I had to ask Olivia that if she's happier, you know, dealing with more saves or having a quieter game and letting the offense get more pressure on the opposing goalkeeper. But regardless of that being said, um, the women's Husky soccer team was able to beat Seattle U in that town rivalry, uh, win that cup and take that home. They advanced to a two wins, four draws and one loss record. Uh, they are not ranked nationally. They are not, they're still haven't really played uh, much in the Pac-12 yet. So they don't, I'm not really going to put the Pac-12 ranking out there. Their upcoming game is September 24th here at home versus Arizona state with a 7 PM kickoff uh, heading into volleyball. The team played several games over the past week, starting with September 16th versus Montana state. They would win that game three sets to two play. Of the game would be Maddie Ensley with 14 kills, 32 total attempts and 18 points. And September 2nd, the second game played on September 16th, they would beat Fresno State three sets to none. Player of the game would be Samantha Drexel with 13 kills, 28 attempts, and 14 total points. Uh, September 17th, they were supposed to have a match against Portland, but that game would be canceled. So obviously, I can't have a player of the game for that game. Uh, You know, you don't really want to have games canceled anymore. Um, they are seven and one on the year. They are seventh ranked nationally. They are fourth in the Pac-12. They play some Pac-12 games this upcoming week, September 22nd versus Utah at 8 p.m. Pacific time, and September 26th at Wazoo seven. I uh, know with a noon start time. So, um, geez. So, gee. Oh my God. This is mounting up to be a big, big Sunday for Seattle sports. So if we run it down, the Seahawks will play the Vikings September 26th at a 1.25 p.m. start. The Mariners, will they play? Yes, they play the Angels at sept- on September 26th on the road. The Sounders play Sporting Kansas City on the road September 26th. The Storm play a uh, playoff game on the 26th, I believe at noon. The Kraken play the Canucks on their first preseason game ever on the 26th. The rain play the Orlando Pride on September 26th at 4 p.m. Um, give me one second. I got to get down to the rest of these. Um, and then Utah Volleyball plays Wazoo on September 26th at noon. Oh, my God. That's going to be a big day. Oh, boy. I'm excited. Um, but, yeah. So, your Seahawks. Um, just about everybody's still underway here. The Kraken are going to get underway. The Seahawks are in the regular season. The Mariners are very much still in the wild card hunt. The Sounders are in the regular season, uh, playing for a trophy on uh, again in the League's Cup final. The Storm have a playoff game coming up. They are the first team to get to the playoffs here. Uh, this, you know, technically this season uh, with us. Um, the Reigns get back to the regular season. Uh, Kraken preseason, um, UW women's and men's soccer is underway. The football team is underway and the volleyball team is underway. Oh man, I love this. Um, I love it. I love it. So I want to thank everybody uh, who tunes in. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, and we we have so much more coming. There's so much going on and I'm so incredibly blessed to be able to um, be a voice for Seattle sports, both women's sports and men's sports, uh, you know, getting the recognition out to these teams that really deserve it. Uh, these men and women, both and everybody in between. Um, so 
I will see everybody back next week on the, I believe it's the 28th. Yes, I will be back on the 28th. Um, you all take care. You all be safe. We are getting rain back in Seattle. So um, got to crack out the jackets and the hoodies now. Um, everybody take care. You have a good rest of your day um, and go Seattle sports. Thank you very much. Baba Bowie.